The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. Tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that's tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day. We're going to be talking with Sergeant Michael Rogers from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. He's with us this morning, and we're going to be talking about uh, traffic enforcement, DUI enforcement mainly, for St. Patty's Day tomorrow. You wouldn't do something bad, would you? No, no. Sergeant Rogers is with us from the Sheriff's Office. In addition to that, we're going to talk about some traffic issues here in the Rutherford County area. I tell you, uh, some challenges out there. Slow down, yes, very definitely slow down and uh, enjoy yourself. That's, That's what we're gonna be doing this morning, so stay right with us, okay? This is Good Neighbor Events with Bart Walker. Brought to you by AmeriCare Pest Control and the Law Offices of John Day. AmeriCare is Rutherford County's number one choice in pest control, and it's simple to see why. After calling 893-7111, their staff came to my house eight years ago when I had an insect problem. They looked at the situation, showed me the areas, and what they'd recommend to resolve the problem. After treatment and with quarterly checks, I'm bug, critter, and creepy crawly free. Thanks, AmeriCare. AmeriCare, 893-7111. Be sure to shop local and patronize our local family businesses. That does so much for the economy. And make it a point to listen local. WGNS is your local radio station and has been for over 75 years. The Rutherford County Historical Society's Show and Tell is a dinner banquet on Tuesday evening, March 22nd over at the Carriage Lane Reception House. On that same evening, about the same time, a Shroud Encounter at MTSU's Tucker Theater. It's free and open to the public. The Shroud Encounter gives an in-depth look at the Shroud of Turin. That's Tuesday, March 22nd, 6.30 in the evening at MTSU's Tucker Theater. The tickets are going quickly to the party of 12, performed at the Washington Theater over at the Patterson Community Center on Friday through Sunday, April the 8th through the 10th. The Party of 12 takes a historical look at the leading ladies of Rutherford County over the years. Tickets are available at the Murfreesboro Center for the Arts. Those are WGNS Good Neighbor events. Now more than ever, start your mornings with WGNS. Swap and shop with Bart Walker. Weekday mornings, 7.50 to 8.10 on WGNS AM, FM, online. Welcome in. Our number is 615-893-1450. Perhaps you want to be a part of the show. Maybe you have some thoughts you want to share. We're talking about tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day, and a lot of things happening law enforcement-wise to make it safer for you. From the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, Sergeant Michael Rogers with us. 
Good morning to you. Good morning, you. sir. How are you doing? Doing great. Tell us what you're doing tomorrow to sort of slow people down a bit. Sure. So we're doing several things throughout the throughout the entire county. Um, as we've spoken about before, we're Rutherford County Sheriff's Office is part of the Rutherford County Traffic Task Force, and, and that group includes all the law enforcement agencies throughout the county, so Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Laverne, Highway Patrol, Eagleville, uh, several agencies involved. So uh, throughout the day tomorrow, we're going to be doing uh, saturations, and, and when I say saturation, basically what that means is officers and deputies concentrating on a specific area of the roadway um, to deter the various traffic violations. Um, during the daytime, what we'll be looking for is speeding, reckless driving, things of that nature. And then into the evening hours, we'll have deputies set up for specific times to do impaired driving saturation. So what they'll be looking for is people that have been drinking and driving or using drugs and driving, that sort of thing. I guess we were thinking that we didn't have that many people. It's a, it's a one-day holiday. Sure. Uh, and really not a holiday. I don't know that anybody closes <laughs> up. <laughs> well, this particular one, uh, St. Patrick's Day, um, kind of the whole thing revolves around alcohol. That's that's kind of the, you know, um, in my experience, what people celebrate just, just by drinking on, on this particular holiday. You know, we dye, dye the beer green and, and we drink it, <laughs> you know. I, I, um, and, and so that's why we concentrate on, on this one. But also this time of year things are starting to heat up you know it's, it's starting to get nice outside there's more people on the roadway so um, this particular holiday coinciding with the good weather is always kind of problematic from a safety perspective sort of to give us an idea of of the difference of saint patrick's day versus other days sure. uh what kind of uh, difference is there in numbers of tickets for duis sure well <clears throat> Unfortunately, we don't write many tickets for DUI. We we, tip, we typically take people to jail for that, um, but but the the numbers do do go up, and and I think it has a lot to do with with the weather um, in this particular time of year. Just more people being out and about, more people wanting to do those. Um, but but it is important to to look at the difference between drinking and you know for so many years when I started being a, a, a an officer back in 07, um you know, we talked about DUIs and when we did, we talked about alcohol, but so much of it now today is, is drugs, uh, you know, using drugs and driving. So we see actually more, you know, drugged driving than we do alcohol driving. I think most people are doing really good about the ride share programs or, you know, being safe about having a driver. Um, but with any holiday, with any celebration, the numbers are going to go up, you know, just because people are doing that activity specifically so i guess i've never thought about that most people probably haven't you you think about drinking and driving but is are we at a point where drugs versus alcohol are almost even or has one well it, and i'll throw this i wrote down a couple of statistics when, when i came in so these numbers are for 2021 and it's just easier to look at a year in, in its entirety but for 20 2021 we had 227 fatal or serious injury crashes total in Rutherford County. <clears throat> uh, 45 of those had been drinking and 30 of those had been using drugs. So it's a pretty similar number, you know, between 30 and 45. But if you combine those numbers, 75 out of 227 fatal or serious injury accidents had to do with impaired drivers. So that's, that's a huge chunk of them. 
Um, but yeah, you, and what you got to think about when you're talking about drug driving, you know, the, kind of the, the stigma is, oh, well, those are drug users that are driving, you know, that's not necessarily the case. You know, we do have, you know, an opioid problem right now in, in the entire country and, and people are using um, drugs that they are prescribed to use or they have, you know, overused what they're prescribed to use and then they're driving. And I, I don't think for so long, I think that people look at impaired driving as a, you know, something that they do like a, like a, a mistake that someone made, like they could have made a better decision, but now so much it's, it, it's not intentional if that makes sense. But at the end of the day, they're still impaired and they're still driving and we have to, you know, live with those consequences as society, either with fatal or serious crashes or people being arrested. Are you finding that the majority of the people who are at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center, are they there basically for drug-related offenses? Well, I, I would be speculating. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, don't, I don't work in, in the detention center, so I don't know why they are there. But I do know um, most, a significant amount of people that are in jail do have a drug abuse problem. Now, I don't know if their charges are specifically drug-related. It could be something different, but I think most people that are there do have uh, drug-type issues as well, if that makes sense, what I'm trying to say. What is, is there a good way to get off of drugs? I mean, obviously, this is a major problem. <laughs> uh, you're, you're doing special traffic enforcement. Sure. Uh, what, if you could wave a wand over somebody, you can't just make it go away, but how could you get them off of this? Well, it, it, that's kind of getting outside of my area of expertise i'm happy to offer an opinion on it um you know so much of what i do has to do with with traffic and and uh, crashes and what causes those crashes and, and i think that that's a huge issue you know what can we do about that and i think that's a nationwide issue and, and obviously there's a lot of super intelligent people that are working on that and i think if there was a uh, magic wand solution we probably would have done that but um, I, I know that there's a lot of grant money. We at the sheriff's office have a uh, special unit called the STOPS unit that there's strategies for opiate prevention. And, um, you know, there's a special group of guys that focus just on that. You know, so the, the problem is getting so big that the federal government is putting money towards just addressing those problems. Um, and there's a lot of good information, a lot of documentaries, you know, about how some of these problems started you know began in our country very interesting things to watch um but there's just a lot to it you know a lot of a lot of what i see it, it starts as good intentions you know with um pain medication and that kind of thing people have good intentions and it just becomes an addiction and then you know when when the doctors back out then those people are kind of forced to you know medicate themselves um you know and it, and it becomes a very sad thing Sergeant Michael Rogers is our guest this morning from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. If you have a question or if you have a comment, share it, 615-893-1450. Sure. You can talk or text, whichever you prefer. Last time you were on, we were in this pandemic. I guess we're still sure. in the pandemic to a degree. <laughs> it comes Depends and goes. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> but uh, you were talking about how people are driving faster than sure. they had in the past. And that was your thought, and you mentioned it was your opinion, that uh, because they were driving faster, 
when they had an accident on the interstate, it was usually more severe. Sure. Is that changing? The reason I bring that, you're you're going to be talking about a new program that comes around each year, I guess. Sure. Slow down Tennessee. So we're still speeding. Well, it, and it's kind of interesting if you look. Um, 2021 was a better year for us. If you go back now, now that it's been some time between the last time you and I spoke, um, 20, the year 2020 was, was not real great for us fatality wise. And that's kind of how I measure our successes uh, in the traffic world is um, serious injury crashes and fatality. So in 2020, we did end up with, I think it was 42 or 43 fatalities. So it kind of, what we were talking about kind of trended towards that. It, that was a high fatality year for us in 2020 i think we got down to about 29 so we were down 10 or 11 ish uh fatality so <clears throat> it did kind of trend towards once people got back to going to work and, and the highways got more congested the speeds came down and then the severity of the crashes kind of came down if that makes sense so the interesting argument now or, or the interesting theory now in our world has to do with gas prices and historically, guys that have been around for a long time say that when the gas prices spike, the serious injuries and the fatalities go down because people are trying to conserve fuel, so they go slower. So <laughs> and that, that'll be interesting to see if it plays out that way, but that's kind of how the, uh, the theory right now. So tomorrow is the big day, St. So, Patrick's yep, Day. Yep, tomorrow. So we're doing, I, I don't feel like I fully answered your question. So we are doing the saturations. Um, we are do, going to do... Uh, a checkpoint. There's a checkpoint coming up in Laverne. Um, I believe it's this weekend. It will be posted in the media, um, but I'm pretty sure that's this weekend. Um, and, and all these things kind of just, you know, checkpoints are, are a heated kind of uh, people got opinions about that. Um, but really, it's the deterrent value that we're after. Um, the more that we put it in the media, the more that we talk about it, the less likely people are to to drink and drive and that's what we're after when we do those checkpoints we make very very few arrests um, it, it's not about taking people to jail it's more about convincing people not to you know drink and drive in the first place so we're doing the saturations we're doing the checkpoints um, and we will have our we've got a really really good drug recognition program we've got several uh, dres we call them we've actually got two dre instructors now in rutherford county and those guys will be out and about and you know, assisting with other uh, deputies that need assistance, maybe with their DUIs or, or conducting their own DUI investigation. So we're throwing a lot of tools at it just to kind of keep everything, uh, keep everybody safe is really what we want to do. You mentioned a moment ago that uh, a lot of people didn't like what you were doing there. Uh, it's almost like they think there should be rules uh, on how you enforce things. And if you put too many people in one place, that's breaking the rule. You're going to catch too many of us. It's sort of like the cameras at the red lights when people said, wait a minute, that's, that's not fair. Uh, you're stopping me and giving me a ticket. You're, you're giving me a sure. ticket because I ran a red light, sure. uh, which could cause a serious accident. They don't look at it that way. They look at it as you, you broke the rules. You're supposed to physically stop me. Sure. So, sure. so this other thing that you're working on uh, tomorrow and this summer, really, with the uh, slowdown Tennessee, <clears throat> some of the motorists are thinking you're not playing the rules right. Is that well, <laughs> it, I haven't I haven't heard that specifically. Now I have heard you know people talk about checkpoints, and, and obviously, 
Um, the thing about a choke point is people don't feel like that they have, um, that it's proper for us to detain them for a short amount of time to determine if they have been, if they're impaired, basically. Now, and, and during those checkpoints, you know, we're not checking for driver's license. We're not, you know, running anybody. We're not checking, you know, it's, it's really just, we just say, hey, we're looking for drunk drivers, you know, is that, is that you? And most times people will laugh and be like, oh, you know, I haven't, and then we just say, okay, have a good night. You know, all we're doing is talking to you for five or 10 seconds to see if you've got bloodshot or watery eyes or we can smell alcohol, you know, those kinds of things. And, and, and these, this issue has been all the way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court has decided that that brief inconvenience for the drivers is acceptable given the mass deterrent value that holding those checkpoints. In other words, the fact that we are doing it and putting it in the news and putting it on the radio deters people, the masses, you know, to, to drink and drive and, and that that is, you know, that it's worth it. And these checkpoints are over the entire state, aren't they? Yes. Uh, in Tennessee, um, they can they can have them, but now it's jurisdiction specific, um, but it is constitutional allowable across the entire state um, but different excuse me different jurisdictions have different rules on how they will conduct those um, so here in rutherford county the sheriff's office might do it or the highway patrol might do it or murfreesboro city might and and we all have a little bit different policy on how we do that um, but it's generally going to be kind of the same state laws governing how they operate now, are you at liberty to say what time and where these will be? Yes, absolutely. We, we're, we're required to to broadcast when those are. And like I said, the one coming up is Laverne is, is actually sponsoring that one. So it, it's on them to put it out as far as when it will be. I, I'm pretty sure theirs is from uh, 10 p.m. till midnight, and it's on uh, Nashville Highway in Laverne. I, I, I'm foggy on the date right now. I want to say it's Friday night. Mm-hmm. But that will definitely be in the newspaper. You know, they, they have to put those out. And like I said, we want to put that out. We're not there to surprise people. And, you know, our, our plan is not to take as many people to jail as possible. It's just to deter people from being out drinking and driving. So, um, yeah. And But going back to what you said originally, the, the saturation as far as, you know, we're going to take five officers and be on this particular roadway. The way we choose the roadway has to do with, high crash volume, you know, uh, traditionally uh, areas where fatal crashes happen. Um, and then we will target those roadways with the intention of being there and being seen and being a deterrent for people to drive recklessly in those areas. So I haven't heard any kind of pushback, if you will, as far as doing those types of things. Most people like to see us out in their communities um, and kind of transitioning into the, the slowdown Tennessee specifically. Um, most of that is targeted for in the way that I use it is, is for neighborhoods in Rutherford County. We have several neighborhoods that have become cut through streets, if you will. Um, and, and they're getting a lot of traffic that's cutting from the highway through to other areas that's coming through their neighborhood. And so they want us to be in those areas, slowing people down. So it's more of a presence and a deterrence. We're talking about your safety, driving carefully, and visiting with us this morning, Sergeant Michael Rogers from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. We're going to start checking some uh, 
of our text messages in just a moment. We've gotten a few of those in. We'll go to those right after this break. Stay with us. Talk or text, whichever you prefer, all at 615-893-1450. Dave Ramsey, America's most trusted money expert. The Dave Ramsey Show, live each day from 1 to 4 on WGNS Rutherford County's Place to Talk. I'm Storm 5 meteorologist Bree Smith. You want to hear what my favorite weather sounds like? Calm. But calm doesn't always happen in Murfreesboro, does it? Murfreesboro and Rutherford County have seen more than their fair share of severe weather. So when storms roll in, I want you to be ready to feel safe. Let the Storm 5 weather team protect you and your family. Murfreesboro, you're always on our radar. Hello, this is Rosemary Thorne. I live at Adams Place. The service is very good. The people who work for Adams Place are very friendly. They do everything that they need to do or could do for us. I would suggest Adams Place. I just don't believe there's another place here that compares to Adams Place. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Do you know somebody who has moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? Well, Demas's Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food, such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple. You just go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody. Go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us. And that's our freedom and the right to live in this country. And we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made. In retirement, it's all about income, your money, making money, and you're not spending down your principal. That's the way we do it at Retirement Income Solutions. So if you're spending down your principal or your money's not making money, keeping you ahead of inflation, check us out today at risolutions.net, risolutions.net. And make sure to join us Saturdays at noon and Sunday afternoons at 1 for Retirement Income Solutions Radio with Nathan Cox and Lindsay Cotter. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military. I was on a guided missile frigate. Here is today's salute to veterans. I was in combat close to 18 months. Got out on early release in 73 when the ceasefire occurred. The so-called end of the uh, hostilities it never really did until 75. But for us, it did. And I was early out because of my combat service. Vietnam veteran Ralph Gervasio. What was the atmosphere like when you did come home in the 70s? It was, it was really poor. Couldn't come home in my uniform, let's put it that way. I had to come home in civilian clothes because of the flights and because of the airports and the kind of reception that I could possibly get. You hear a lot of negative things about uh, when the Marines came back, and it's all true. In the latter part of the war, they didn't want us to have eggs thrown at us or uh, slurs or things of that sort, so I had to come home in civilian clothes. I didn't admit that I was a Vietnam veteran at all until in the 1980s. I couldn't get my old job back because I served in Vietnam. And 
So from that point until the 1980s, I never admitted I was a veteran at all. It would have been a negative, not a positive. You know, you don't hate the warrior, you hate the war. Vietnam veteran Ralph Givasio. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. Brotherhood Issues with Brian Barrett. Weekday mornings at 10. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Brotherhood County's place to talk. Welcome back. Our number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. Six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. You can talk or text on that number. And we're talking about law and order issues. We're talking about tomorrow being St. Patrick's Day. Definitely, we have a driving issue, driving under the influence of either alcohol or drugs. And if you didn't realize, and I didn't realize this, it's about even now. It is, yeah. Between alcohol and drugs. Well, and, you you know, it may have always been that way. Um, You know, when I first started, we would you would make a traffic stop and you know, we'd say, man, this, it feels like this guy's impaired, but I don't smell alcohol. Maybe, 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 I don't know, maybe it's something else. And we would let them go, you know, or we would get them around, you know, um, but now there's been so much training on recognizing, you know, I can look back and say, oh, that was probably, you know, some sort of drug or, you know, that kind of thing. So it may have always been that way. And we just didn't, we weren't trained well enough to know the difference. By the way, Sergeant Michael Rogers is our guest this morning from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. And you found the location and all the sure. information about the, uh, the St. Patrick's Day checkpoint. Yeah, I looked it up. Uh, it is going to be tomorrow night, which is Thursday night from 10 p. until 12 a. And it'll be in Laverne's jurisdiction on National Highway. And are you giving tickets for people who are not wearing green? there probably should be some legislation in there about that but i don't think they're fortunately we've got green every day we're khaki green we're covered so when when you mentioned about stopping people in the past and you didn't know whether they were under the influence of alcohol because they didn't smell sure um was was is there anything you can do to check them um I know there's sobriety tests sure. and things of that sort that you can give on this if that's a stop. Sure. Uh, is there some way to check a person for drugs? Yes, absolutely. Uh, it, several different levels, if you will. Um, what we train the brand new guys, it, when they go to the police academy, they get 40 hours of training on what we call standardized field sobriety testing. And that was developed specifically to check for alcohol when that study was done and when those standards were established, it was based on alcohol. Okay. We teach the guys that if you think that there is a reason for impairment, you know, just run that person through the standardized testing. And if they are not successful in that testing, then make your decision on impairment based on just that alone. Okay. So even if you don't smell alcohol, if you run them through the test and the test indicates that they're impaired, then make your decision based on that. But we have uh, the next level of training, if you will, is called A-Ride, and that's an advanced roadside detection uh, class. And what that teaches the officers is how to specifically look at those drug impairments. And it's really a lot about the eyes and how the eyes move, how the pupils 
contract or dilate, um, you know, and things like that. So there's a couple of other tests that they learn at that point to kind of focus on if is this impairment a drug or not. And then the final step of that is what I mentioned, the drug recognition experts. And I think we've got one officer that just completed that class. I think that brings us up to six deputies that we have now in, in Rutherford County at the sheriff's office. And those deputies are specifically trained. They do 80 hours of advanced training in anatomy, physiology, those kinds of things. And then they also do 12 live evaluations on people that are on drugs and volunteer to be screened so that we can show that what they are detecting is in fact accurate. And, and those deputies will come to and assist maybe those newer deputies to say, you know, not only is it a drug, but it's probably this category of, of drug. So we've got lots of training coming to get people up to speed on how to. So to answer your question, yes, there are more specific tests that can be done. Um, but it all goes back kind of to that standardized field sobriety. And if they feel like they're impaired, they're going to make their arrest decision based on that or their decision to get that person off a off the road a different way. Um, as police officers, just because we come across an impaired person doesn't mean they're automatically arrested. You know, we do have discretionary ability to handle that situation in a different way if, if we're able to. Um, so that's kind of how we do that. We have a text here from a, a concerned father, as sure. a matter of fact. Uh, he says, you know how kids talk among each other? Sure. And he's saying that uh, one of the fathers in our neighborhood uh, has to have a breathalyzer unit to sure. start his sure. car. Absolutely. Uh, he said, I'm nervous about a person like that driving in the neighborhood with the kids out playing. Uh, is this a forever thing on the way to start his car or... Uh, so, is it, you know, how serious is that? For everything, I don't, more than likely not. So what, what he's talking about is a ignition interlock device. And typically those are required um, on, I think, after a DUI first. If you're convicted of your first offense DUI, I think that that's a condition that allows you to still drive, go to work, go to school, do those kinds of things. But you have to blow into that device which is connected to your car and it will not allow the car to start if it detects alcohol on the person's breath so um, if that person is operating that vehicle presumably they're not impaired if that makes sense and then every so often throughout the course of their drive and, and it's on a timer i'm not sure what that timer is but they have to continue to blow into that device so it's not like you can have a sober person do the device to start the car and then now i can operate the car impaired for the rest of the day it, it continually requires me to do that um, but i think that those restrictions come off of that person on a time period if that makes sense mm -hmm. now there, there could be a time if this was a serious dui offender maybe they had a third or a fourth or you know a fifth of fifths or something a judge might be able to permanently put that on a person but you know I, I can't speak for that I, I think that that's more of a time period specific like you can have a license but here's your restrictions kind of thing okay here's a well, this is an interesting question this person says they're not against having a green beer uh, on St. <laughs> Patrick's night but uh, they said if they come across one of these traffic stop areas uh, if they stopped and turned around 
would you pursue them or do you just uh, look the other way? Yeah, so traffic, let me back up. Checkpoints are constitutionally or, or legislatively required to have a way for someone to avoid a checkpoint, okay? In other words, we will have signs before you come to the checkpoint that are placed in a position so that you are allowed to make a turn and avoid the checkpoint if you want, if that makes sense. So there will not be a situation that you are forced to go through it if you don't want to, in theory, if, the, if that makes sense. But if you turn around and go the way, go the other way, that action in and of itself is not a reason for a police officer to stop you unless in doing that you broke some sort of traffic law. Like, in other words, went through a median, obviously, you know, you've broken a traffic law. But the reality is we don't have enough officers just to set up and watch for people doing that. We just, we, we have to have X number of officers at the checkpoint to run the checkpoint. And we just don't have people to spare to go sit down the road and watch for people that are making maneuvers to avoid checkpoints. They certainly do. We see them do it all the time. Um, but we just don't, we don't have people to go chase them down it, it, a lot of times when people do that, they crash trying to do it. And then of course we have to go and address that situation. Um, but I, I understand what he's getting at or what that person's getting at, but we just don't, we don't do that. Here's a concerned uh, person again that we've got a lot of concerned people sure, out there. Absolutely. This person says, I was planning on taking my family out to eat and then possibly going to a movie, sure. which would mean we'd be going home, I guess, 9 or 10 o'clock sure. at night. Yeah. Uh, if we did that, are we exposing ourselves to a lot of drunk drivers? When do they get out in large numbers? Well, you're going to, if you're, if you're speaking about drugs, and drivers, you get that 24 hours a day. Now, now I don't, I don't want people to. When we talk about these things, we're talking about a very specific thing. We do have people that are impaired that drive that we need to take care of. But statistically speaking, we live in an extremely safe environment. It, it's not like you can't just go out and enjoy your evening and and worry about these things. So we've got. If I go back and look at my statistics from from. Uh, 2021, we had 227 fatal and serious injury crashes, 227. Throughout the entire year, we probably had 11,000 crashes, okay? And, and if you just think about, I've been driving for, you know, however many years, and I haven't had a traffic crash knock on this table in 20 years, you know, like, we're talking about a very, very, very small statistic of people that are involved in these types of crashes they are tragic we do have people die we do have people seriously injured and it is our job as law enforcement to take care of these things absolutely but please don't feel like you can't go out and enjoy your evening that you're you're perfectly safe to do that but we are still going to do our job and focus on those things our number is 615-893-1450 you can talk or text whichever you prefer and a person's asking about uh, when you get uh, an accident, if you are in an accident, and if it's determined that it's because of alcohol or drugs, mm -hmm. uh, does that weigh heavily on your insurance? So I think I'm correct on this, but let me preface this with I'm not an insurance agent, so I don't know 
But in my experience, I think that if you are in a crash and you are arrested, that your insurance will not cover it, period. You're just out of pocket on the whole thing. Ah, okay. Pretty sure. So another, people so if don't you, think though. If, it, if they're drinking, they're not thinking. Probably. Kind of. <laughs> in, in a way, that's kind of. And kinda, the more they drink, the less they think. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's a very, very scary thing. You know, let's, let's just say, uh, so my wife was in a crash not long ago and she was stopped at a complete stop at a red light on Memorial at the airport in front of the Walmart vehicle in front of her. And she was rear ended and that car forced her into another car. There's three cars involved. Now she had to have surgery. There's medical bills and all these things. Hypothetically, if that person that caused the crash, even though it was a low speed, 40 mile an hour crash kind of thing, if they were arrested for DUI, I'm pretty sure the insurance would say that's too bad. All of those bills are on out of pocket. Well, the, you know, probably the person who did that wouldn't have the money to pay those. Bills. Well, it would be lots of litigation, I'm sure. It, it's the way those things would, Scary. would get, would get <laughs> resolved. I, I, that sort of fits in with our next question uh, from a listener. This one is asking about uh, are there still as many people driving without insurance? Uh, they say that about 15 years ago they were involved in a wreck which totaled their car. The person did not have insurance, sure. and they said, fortunately, their car's insurance sure. covered the car. I, I would say absolutely there are a lot of people that drive without insurance. Um, you know, and, and we can only, we only stop a handful of people. If you're looking at the, the public at large, and as many, there's 300 and something thousand people that live here, and, and I know at the sheriff's office we make about a thousand traffic stops a month or so you know so we're only touching a very very small part of the community as it is um, it's very difficult you can pay for an insurance policy and wait for them to mail you a card and then cancel your insurance policy and we never know the better you know i would say that to answer that person's question there are probably a ton of people that drive without insurance so me personally we pay extra on our insurance for to cover just that, you know, if uninsured drivers, sure. If yeah. we're struck by someone that doesn't have insurance, our insurance will pick up, you know, and, and I think that the legislature and people are doing the best they can to kind of combat that. I know we just got new technology on a traffic stop. If I do encounter somebody, it will tell me based on their license plate, if they have provided proof of insurance, you know, but you only have to do that once a year, you know? So when you go get your tag, if you have insurance, that's great, but maybe you don't three months later, but it still appears to me that you do. You know, I, I don't really know. All I know is that you show me a card, if that makes sense. So, Table yeah. Mister, let's pause for just a moment, and we will be right back. We're going to give away that birthday goodie, the delicious banana pudding from Slick Pigs. Stay with us. Much more to come. This is MTSU President Sidney McPhee. You're listening to WGNS, your local connection to Blue Raider Atlanta. WGNS AM, FM, online. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics. If you want to try out any guitar in the store, if you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side, see how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. I'm out of Florence West. I like Adam's Place because 
you get friendly with everybody. They give you too much food and help you too much. Are you saying Adam's Place has spoiled you? Yes, sir. Real big, and I tell them that too. They've got me rotten. I would encourage anyone to come to Adam's Place. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Hi, this is Lisa Halliburton with Bell Jewelers. It's important to always have your fine jewelry checked. And here at Bell Jewelers, we can check your prongs under the microscope, clean your jewelry, and if you have pearls that need to be restrung, gold that you want to sell, diamonds that you want to have remounted, and professionally cleaned, Bell Jewelers is your place. Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street, across from Toots. For this afternoon, we'll see a good chance of rain and a high of 68. And we'll see some patchy fog developing tonight with lows into the upper 40s. I'm meteorologist Nick Carlisle on News Radio WGNS. Right now it's 52. This is Jason with Tire World. Our annual at-cost tire sale is here. Now through Saturday, Tire World will sell all tire brands with no markup, 20% off installation, and give up to $100 on select manufacturer rebates. So, quick recap. No markup on tires, installation discounted, and money back on brands like Michelin, Continental, and more. This sale only happens twice a year, so don't miss out and call us today. At Tire World, we keep your family rolling. For anybody in the audience who's got a birthday today, happy birthday to you! Party time. We've got a giveaway this delicious Slick Pig banana pudding. If you've never had the banana pudding at Slick Pig, man, you have missed something. Lisa Hudson, happy birthday from the neighbors. Brad Bug, happy birthday from your family. Sean Alexander, 16 today. Nanny Pat called that in. He says, hey... He's getting his driver's license today. Shay, happy birthday from everybody at Reeves Rogers Cafeteria, from Sherry and everybody there at the school. Jim McGuire, happy birthday from your friends. Eric Hauser, happy birthday to you. And Kevin McNulty from everybody at First Presbyterian. There goes that birthday fairy. And this person, whoever the fairy lands on, will be the winner of the delicious banana pudding from the Slick Pig Barbecue. Let's see here. Sean Alexander. Oh, he's the one that's getting his driver's license today. So appropriate. That's awesome. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Can you, I can remember, that was a long time ago for me when I was 16. Sure. But, uh, well, everybody and, remember the, when you got your license. Yeah, it's interesting. I was, so my daughter's 18, so she just re- recently got hers. A couple of years ago, but uh, I was living in Mississippi when I got my, and it was 15 when you could get your ah, license. Okay. And I was there the day. Oh, know, yeah. I was like, oh, 50, oh yeah. I get my Kids license. today are not it's as not, excited yeah. about that. And I don't know why that is, but um, I wanted it on the day. And, you know, she kind of was like, well, I mean, we'll get it done. You know, it's <laughs> like, are you sure we're talking about the same thing? We're talking about driver's license, right? But, it, you see, I do see a lot of that with these, with, with the young folks and they're just not, either they're not super excited about it or they just, some of them don't want the responsibility, which, you know, learning to drive in, in Murfreesboro, I can see how that would be a little intimidating, uh, you know, in middle Tennessee anywhere, really. Well, yeah. now in keeping with the driving issues, uh, 
You mentioned a new law sure. is coming up. What, what is it all about? Well, and I don't know that it's it, it's being discussed, um, and, and it's not signed off on yet, but it would be this July. They're talking about a super speeder law, and, and what that would do is anybody that was traveling 20 or more miles per hour over the posted limit would be subject to a $200 fine on top of any already fine. So, for example, in Rutherford County, if I write a ticket now for 20 plus over, it's 333.50 is the fine. With that, they would put another 200 on top of that, so it would be 533.50 for that speeding offense, and that's you know that's that's a that's, that's a, a big that's a that big gets one. Your attention. You know, and if you throw in there a registration or a window tent or a insurance or a no seat belt or something like that, you're looking at 700 and something dollars worth of. Ooh. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so a regular speeding ticket now is around three hundred and something dollars. Yeah, so there's a range. the The least expensive is two ninety three fifty, and I think that's from you know zero to ten over maybe. Um, it, it, but I got to be honest, there's probably not many tickets written for zero to ten over. We you know most guys are not going to write them until you're doing more than that. And then the next range, I think, is three oh eight fifty maybe, and that's from ten to nineteen over, and then twenty plus is three thirty three fifty. I think th- those got to be pretty close. Um, but like I said, if it's zero to ten, you're probably going to get a warning. I-, I can't promise you that. I mean, you are still speeding, but typically, if that's what you've been stopped for, and that's all that there is, you're probably just going to get a warning for that. We have a text here from a listener who says that uh, do you give tickets for people who have cars that are too loud exhaust or the music's too loud or sometimes uh, the cars come at you and they have what looks like pinkish or reddish lights uh, on them those are all the things that you could that we could give tickets for um we don't give a lot of tickets you know we were just talking um off the air i think that now, I'm talking about sheriff's office statistics. I can't speak for Murfreesboro City or Highway Patrol. I'm talking about sheriff's office specifically. But we typically make around 1,000 traffic stops a month. And of those, we only give about 90 to 100 what we would call tickets, an, an actual ticket. About 900, about 90% of the stops we make are just warnings. And, and the reason for that is we, we just want to make sure, number one, that you knew that what you did uh, was an offense and, you know, could you correct it kind of thing. So um, to answer that question, those are things that, sure, we could give tickets for, but I think those are things that we would hope that we could convince them to fix the problem for future reference so that we don't, you know, a ticket is not always the best way to solve a problem. You know, sometimes it, they just need to have a conversation and sometimes they didn't know any better and sometimes they just need to be reminded that we are in fact going to talk to them about it if they're doing those things. <laughs> So in an effort to not give tickets, uh, let's, uh, we have about a minute left sure. in the broadcast. Let's uh, remind people again what happens tomorrow. Yeah, so tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day, we are doing uh, saturations throughout the day. So that just means that there will be a lot more officers out and about throughout the day. And then there is the checkpoint tomorrow night in Laverne. Okay. And we have one more question. Sure. What is your authority in the city? Uh, so... We have jurisdiction everywhere in Rutherford County. Uh, Sheriff's Office has jurisdiction everywhere. So Laverne, Smyrna, Eagleville, Murfreesboro. Now, we do not actively patrol Murfreesboro city limits, but if we are passing through and we 
notice something that needs to be handled, we do have jurisdiction to do so. Okay, so if you see a sheriff's car and you're breaking the law, don't think that they can't stop you. Oh, we absolutely can. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and they can absolutely give you a ticket. Sure, and you don't want that from us because, like I said earlier, our tickets are on state citations, so it'll be 300 and something dollars, whereas if Murfreesboro gives you a ticket, it's 100 and... Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I so, didn't know. Well, so that's what's making them expensive. Yes, it, it has ticket. to do with... Well, it has to do with Rutherford County Court versus Murfreesboro City Court. So if I'm on Memorial Boulevard and give you a ticket versus Murfreesboro City gives you a ticket. It's about 200 bucks more if I do it. Okay. So that's why we try not to. <laughs> you are forewarned. <laughs> Sergeant Michael Rogers, we do thank you for joining us. He's from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Have a safe St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Have a good day. WGNSradio.com or follow us on Twitter at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. The Good Neighbor Network, on air and online at